Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our children at this time to Children's Church while we have adult care in here. Just kidding. Kids will go to church and we'll have adult care. I used to, for years as I was a kids pastor, we used to joke that uh, adult care was where someone sang a couple songs and then um, someone got up and put everybody to sleep for a little while. And I'm just being silly with y'all this morning. But, well, I'm honored to be here with y'all um, this morning. My name's Steve Ware, if you don't know me. And I've, I've had the chance to serve here at the church for some time and um, transition to another ministry role. But um, I do a lot, of, not a lot of traveling on Sunday mornings. But just very glad to be here with you this morning. And uh, before I get started, before we get into the scripture... I just wanted to honor uh, Pastor Preston and, and Natalie this morning. Let's clap our hands for them. They do a great job. I, being a pastor can sometimes be a thankless job where, uh, you know, someone's always needing you for something. And uh, so we just want to say thank you for, the, for the, what you guys do. And um, so much goes on here between the school and the church and, you know, the, these facilities. And so we're just thankful for you and... Um, and so this morning, I'm going to continue on uh, preaching. I know, um, I think I was about 19 years old when Pastor Preston started the book of Matthew on Sunday morning, <laughs> and uh, I just turned uh, 38 two weeks ago. So um, I was going to try to move us along from uh, Matthew 21 to about Matthew 27, so that when he got back next week, we could uh, end this book before the end of the year. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he, he decided to show up this morning, so I'm going to... I'm just going to be continuing on with, um, with where, he was, uh, where he left off last week. So uh, let's do this. We're going to, um, we're going to open up our, our uh, scriptures to uh, Matthew chapter 21. And I'm going to, I'm going to read verses uh, 12 through 17. And then we'll pray and uh, we'll get into the word here this morning. Matthew 21, verses 12 <coughs> through 17. It'll be on the screens if you don't have your your scripture with you this morning. It says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but they have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants? You have, protect, you have perfected praise. Then he left them and went out to the city of Bethany, and he lodged there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, gather together this morning on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, today we're here not out of a religious obligation. We're here today as a family that's gathered to remember that Jesus, you are Lord, and that You died on the cross, you were buried, you rose again to pay the the penalty, God, for our our sins, 
so that we can have a relationship with God. And so we've gathered here this morning, God, to remind ourselves that, God, because of you, we have a relationship and we are made whole and at peace with God. And so we love you and thank you. We ask that, that uh, during this time, Lord, that what is said would honor you, God. Lord, it would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I titled this sermon today, uh, Not in My House. Um, and uh, I, I thought about several different things. Uh, this, is, this is sort of uh, something that's actually kind of caught on a, a little bit in modern-day culture. Um, uh, and uh, there was a few different examples that I brought this morning. Um, there's even like some songs out there that talk about like in my house and, and, and so forth like that. So I want to kind of unpack just a, just a couple of them this morning. One of them is I don't know if anybody has walked in. Any, or maybe you have this in your home. I'm not sure. But I don't know if anybody's seen these have become real popular. Um, they're like murals that go on the wall or sometimes uh, they, people will make these out of like a wooden, um, you know, like a, whatever this uh, stuff is up here. Like they'll make these and then they'll put them on their wall and, and it says, like, it's, it's, it's basically kind of like a, de- a declaration of, like, of, of their house, all right? It says, in this house, we do real, we do mistakes, we do I'm sorry, we do second chances, we do fun, we do hugs, we do forgiveness, we do really loud, that's Preston's house, uh, we do family, uh, we do love. Um, in mine, it would say we do cookies also, so, um, but... The, the idea is that people are, are, are putting on their walls, they're saying that, that in our house, these are some of the values that we have. Now, this was just a generic one I pulled off the internet. People have all kinds, some people say in there, you know, in our house, we love the Lord. You know, they, they, this was just, you know, when you pulled up Google, this was like one of the first ones that was up there. And, uh, and, then, and then there's another, there's a, a huge marketing campaign um, uh, through, a, through a company, and it, it's hard to even uh, wrap my mind around how much these companies spend, um, but I don't know if you've seen Under Armour. Uh, anybody ever heard of Under Armour before, which is like the new, kind of becoming one of the new Nikes uh, on the global scale, and so their, um, their actual um, advertisement pieces are Protect This House. Now, of course, that's in, in um, uh, the sporting arena, okay? And uh, I'm not going to mention that in two weeks from the day we have our first preseason NFL game. Um, but uh, we happen to have that. But the idea was is that home court advantage, okay, is a big deal um, in, in sports. And so the idea was is that, you know, we protect this house. We, we, we protect the arena that we play in. Um, and even so to the point where they're saying, you know, we protect our bodies and, and so forth. We protect this house. Um, I actually thought, because there's no way um, that if Mr. Glenn was here this morning, there's, there was no way that I could uh, um, preach a sermon um, uh, today without telling a, a story about uh, Pastor Preston and, uh, and something that happened in my house because I would get in a lot of trouble. So um, do y'all mind if I just take a second before we get in? I'll just tell you a story about, um, uh, about uh, Preston here. So um, as many of you know, I have every, um, I grew up with, with Preston, so pretty much I've got all the dirt on him, okay? Uh, the problem is he has all the dirt on me, so we have to be careful about the stories we exchange. Um, and, um, but, uh, but, <coughs> but I don't know if any of y'all ever did this before. Um, uh, and, 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 and so 
for, for me, you know, I, I, I was, a, I, I, I'd like to say, Preston, that, you know, although we were probably beaten by our parents weekly, um, we were still somewhat of good children. Um, and so uh, my parents, we didn't have any family that lived in Louisiana. Um, does anybody, like, have to travel far distances just to see anybody in your family, okay? That's the way we were. We had some in Florida, some in Texas, and then um, some in Kentucky. And so it was like, you know, there was never like a vacation to the beach. It was always like a vacation to just go to grandma's house because it was a 12-hour ride away. So uh, one time, uh, right when I had just, we had first just gotten into college, uh, my parents decided that they were going to go to Kentucky without me. And uh, they were going to drive all the way up there. And so my mom was allowing me to stay at the house. And she had um, just, like, a couple of rules. She didn't really have to worry about, uh, like, you know, going, doing crazy stuff. Or anything like that. But she said, I just, have, I just have one rule, okay? This is the most important rule. While, um, I, you know, while I'm gone, while we're gone, we w- do not want you to invite anybody over to the house. And we do not want you to have any parties. You're welcome to go anywhere. You just, you know, call and let us know. And, of course, this was, this was way before cell phones even existed. But um, th- th- this was like her, um, or at least the, the cell phones that we could carry. Um, and so uh, they had this bag phones. You know what I'm talking about with the car phone antennas on. But, uh, <clears throat> and so she said, um, you know, because here's the thing. For her, the most important thing was is that she could arrive back to her house, and the house would not be burned to the ground. It would be intact. The family heirlooms would not have been destroyed. And so I was like, yes, ma'am, absolutely. We will, n- no one is coming over. I am going to be here. I'm going to cut the grass. Gonna, I'll, I'll paint the house. Whatever you need, Mom. Whatever you need, Dad. You know, I love you. And so they, um, uh, my, my family did one of those things where you'd, like, drive through the night, okay? I mean, they would just, like, that's the way my dad did it. It was like, didn't want to waste daylight. So it was like, as soon as it's dark, let's drive, you know? And, um, and so they decided to leave out at about 8 o'clock that night. And so, you know, I'm like, I love you guys, you know. This is, you know, y'all have a great trip. And, you know, I'm throwing rose petals down the driveway and, you know, waving branches and stuff, you know. Just love you guys. And about uh, 8 o'clock, they pulled out of the driveway. And about 8.05, Preston pulled in with about four or five of my friends. And, um, and, and I was like, man. We got the whole house for a week, you know, this is going to be great. And so uh, a lot of times today, if people leave and they forget something, they'll call back to the house and say, you know, I, I forgot something. So anyway, uh, 30 minutes goes by and we're in there. And I don't, I'm, I'm, this is probably just insignificant, but um, I, I'm like a nacho connoisseur. Uh, I just like nachos. It, it, it's just, I mean, what do, what do I want for lunch? I want nachos. You know, chicken nachos, barbecue nachos, chili nachos. I mean, that's just, I want nachos. I, there's nothing uh, like Father's Day, Gayla fixed me nachos. Okay, I mean, that, that's what I got. I just, that's what I love. And so uh, Preston uh, comes over, and all of a sudden we got like chips and salsa and cheese, and we're about to make these nachos. And uh, uh, we had one of those can openers. Now, some of you may have them, and I kind of wish I had one of these, but they used to be mounted under the, um, um, the cabinetry, and uh, there was like this magnetic system that which you went up there, and then you, you, you like wound it up, and you put it underneath there, and it was like, you know what I'm talking about? And then, 
And then somehow when it stopped, I don't know, the top was disconnected, but it was still hanging there. I, I could never figure out how to, did anybody never figure out how to work those can machines? It was like on a magnetic system. And so anyway, Preston goes over and um, he decide he's going to open this big old can of chili, okay? So he's got this, uh, one of my mom's, like big um, porcelain bowls, uh, or porcelain, I don't know, whatever they're made of, uh, ceramic bowls, something like that, big old bowl. And he's over there, and he's like trying to get this, this can opener thing to work, and he starts, the next thing you know, I mean, this could not be timed any more better. The, it stops, the can falls, okay? It, it's halfway open, okay? Three quarters of the way open. So it falls. It shatters the bowl, okay? Chili, chili goes everywhere, all right? And Ann Ware, my mom, the screaming demon, all right, she's come, she just opens the door and she's like, we forgot something, all right? And I'm like standing there and it's just like bowl shattered, pressing and shattered the bowl. Chili's everywhere. I got two other friends. They're like watching TV in the other room and my mom's like, I need to see you in the back, you know. <laughs> and so uh, my, my mom was a little fireball. And uh, so, uh, you know, my dad, we got spankings, was like three whips and you're done. And my mom was like, she'd whip you until you were done. All right. And, um, and so uh, anyway, she didn't whip me that night. But, uh, but uh, everybody did wind up leaving uh, immediately because they were all afraid <laughs> of her. But, but. Why she was upset was because that was her house. And if you think about your home uh, and, and the house that you live in, whether it's an apartment, whether it's a rent house, whether, it, whether it's, your, you know, a home that you own, you want your home to be a place um, like a sanctuary, right? I mean, we live in a, in a crazy world. I mean, we, especially the, the, the way that the world has destabilized in the last year or two, Right. Uh, I mean, when, when we when we see the the, uh, the the rise of radical Islam in the in the destabilization of the world, for us, like sometimes I think to myself, like the only safe place that I can really go right now is where, is to my home. All right, it's 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 to my house because I can I can kind of control what goes on in there. We we can turn the televisions off. We can we you know. Now, I'm not saying that we all just bunker up in our house today and we'll see y'all in five years, okay? But your house is a place that you want to have peace in that house, right? Uh, you, wanna, you want to be able to train your children in that house. You want to be able to meet with the Lord there. You want to be able to invite people, family, friends. You want to have fellowship in your house. Your house is, is an important place. So when we look at this scripture, um, there's actually a ton of information that's going on here. And I, I didn't, uh, Pastor Preston and I kind of talked about it this week. It, it's so much content that I, I didn't even know if I could actually get through it, but I figured for the sake of you guys that I didn't want to have to have Preston pre-preach it next week. So we'll get through these five verses, but I just kind of want to unpack it real quick. And I, I, I want to give you a couple thoughts about um, what's happening here in the temple of God, in the, in the house of God. And the first thing is it, it, Jesus, um, when he shows up uh, it, in, in here, this is, this is like the beginning of the, the Passion Week, right? Um, this is the beginning of, of, of his, his way to the cross. Um, 
And, and when he shows up, what, what, I, what I find is really interesting is this, is that Jesus was the king of kings, right? So obviously the first place that he would show up whenever he came into Jerusalem, right, is the first place he would do is he would walk, he would just go straight to the palace, right? He'd just go straight up there and just say, hey, I'm here, I'm the king, I'm ready to take over. But where, where was Jesus' priority? It was to go where? It was go to the temple. It, so Jesus, he goes there, and, and it says this is in verse 12, that Jesus, he went into the temple of God. That, now, that's an important phrase in all this, because the temple belonged to who? It, it belonged to God. He went in there, and, and he drove out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned... Uh, the tables of money changers, and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. This is actually the second time that Jesus... So there, there's actually a, a separate event that happens where Jesus goes in and he, he, and he cleans out the temple. But this is, this is a, an event that happens right before his death. And what's significant about this is that for a long period of Jesus' ministry, um, he, uh, he was not necessarily this bold with people. But this was one where Jesus comes in to the establishment that was there, and he begins to proclaim who he is and what his intentions are and why he is here on, on, on a level that, that kind of goes from, from right here to, to level 10. And so he goes in, and, and he begins to drive out. Now, just, in, just so we're all on the same page here, um, in the temple was a place that, that they would make sacrifices. And so here's what Jesus was seeing. That uh, when he went in, that there were people that were buying and, and they, were, they were selling there. And, um, and there were people that were exchanging money. And um, they were selling these doves. Now, these doves, or maybe your translation might say pigeons, um, these, were, these were sacrifices that the people were making. But somehow the, in the temple, these religious leaders had rigged up this system. And here was what the system was, is that um, they, the people had Roman coins, and that's how they, they did their commerce. Uh, that's how they, they bought and sold in the community. But it was unacceptable to have those Roman coins in the temple, so they set up these tables where they could exchange the Roman coin for the shekel, okay? And the shekel was what they had to buy the doves with. And so they would come in and they, they just for all, let's just say that they would have $10 worth of Roman coins. Um, they, would char- they would charge them this exuberant rate to exchange the, uh, the coin uh, for the shekel, okay? And so they were like skimming like off the top. They would say, oh, well, to do that, for us to exchange that, I mean, that's going to cost us, that's going to cost 29.6% APR, all right? Uh, I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all seen those credit card uh, things come in the mail. And they would, they would say it's going to charge this much more money, but they didn't necessarily really need to do that. And then they would, they would sell these doves. Now, one of the reasons they sold them is because people would travel for long distances to come make these sacrifices, so it might not be convenient to carry these doves or these pigeons you know, all the way across um, these, these uh, long journeys. Um, but they would charge them more than what they were worth. And they were taking um, God's house here, and, and they were changing it into something that was not supposed to be. Now, I know that, uh, that, that in here this morning, um, we've all had these thoughts before. 
Um, and so I, I'm just going to have to be bold and just go ahead and say it, okay? But um, <clears throat> God's house had turned into a house of consumption and exploitation. And it's easy for us sometimes as people to look and say, that's what's happened today to the church in the sense of the church being, one of, being a house of God. That it's turned into a place of consumption or a place of exploitation where, where people are exploited or people come in on a consumer basis. You know, this, this idea of consumerism to me is, is, um, is something that <clears throat> it's, it's very interesting because church today, if we're not careful, can be about uh, becoming a consumer in, in the house of God. Is anybody following along with me? Anybody just can nod ahead? Anybody can just... And, and, and now, now, here's the thing. I know the first thing that we all do, because all of us in here are so spiritual, all right, we never... Is we always go, well, that church down the road, okay? That church down the road, they're just full of nothing but consumers. <laughs> People just coming in there and going out. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that I'm not really talking... I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to me this morning. And I'm asking myself this question. At what point do I sometimes think to myself, it's, I, I, church is more about me than it is about God. And, and I can become a consumer. Now, here's the deal. I understand this, all right? The, this, there's, a, there's a tension that happens all the time, okay? Um, and that is, is that um, there are different styles out there to church. And I... The, the truth of the matter is, is that I don't think um, any of us have, you know, the lockdown patent straight from Jesus. This is the right style. This is the only style that, that, that Jesus has, that Jesus would enjoy. But, but it's okay to have styles, okay? It's, o- it's okay to have taste. It's okay to like certain things. Um, it, it, it's okay to, to say, I, I'd rather sing hymns than sing these songs. Or it, it, it's okay, um, you know, for us to... Um, you know, say that, now, I like Sunday school versus a small group, okay? That, those, but those are more styles. Those are more things that we just kind of prefer. But, but it is not okay when we ask ourselves this question. What can I go to church today to get? What can I go to church today to get? Rather than, what can I go today to bring? There, there's, a, there's a shift in, in, in what happens in people's hearts when we say, what, does, what has God placed in my heart? What, value, what, what gifts do I have today that I could bring to the house of God? Um, some of those things may be a talent that you have, okay? I love Brother Greg um, playing on the harmonica. Okay, I could listen to that all day long, all right? Um, I cannot play the harmonica. Just can't do it, all right? Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, some people, God's called to, um, you know, cook the banana pudding, all right? And I, God's called me to consume the ba- banana pudding, all right? Uh, but, <clears throat> but we have to ask ourselves that question. We have to be real careful. And it's easy to always point at the other who, the other group, right? Like that church over there. But God wants us, I, I want you this morning to ask yourself this, that question. It, have I become more of a consumer than a contributor to the house of God? Because um, I believe in this, 
um, this idea that, that Jesus is the hope of the world, and the hope of the world is best expressed through the local church and through Christians becoming, the, as the body of Christ, reaching out to their local community. And it is virtually impossible for any church anywhere, if they have a consumer mentality, to be worried about who's out there, who, who's, who's, who doesn't know Christ. When I leave these doors, see, we've said this before, you know, in the NFL or, 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 or football, they gather in a huddle, right? Someone calls a play, right? And then they go out and they execute the what? The play, right? And a lot of t- in, in church today, it's about building up our faith. It's about exalting Christ. It's about putting him forth at the, at the forefront. And so we gather here today in a huddle to go out and run the play, right? And, 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 and that play is to make Jesus famous, to, to well, he's already famous, but to proclaim uh, uh, his fame to other people. And especially now in, in Baton Rouge and, and, and the things that have gone on, do we have the opportunity to reach and, and to uh, share Christ with other people? And I don't want to spend too much longer on that. But essentially what has happened in this scripture here is that uh, <coughs> these people, they, they had taken the temple of God, the place that was set up for worship for God, and they had turned it into a place of, of consumption and a place of exploitation. And so here's Jesus, and I, I love what he says here, right? He, in verse 13 he says, My house shall be called... It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. We actually see two times in in this passage where Jesus begins to say, I'm God. I'm God. And and this is one of them right here. He said, it is written out. He's referring to a scripture in, 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 in the book of Psalms, but he's saying, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And then a little while later, it says, the children were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. And the religious people became indignant. And they said, do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes, right? Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, praise has been perfected. He was saying, they're praising the right person. And so today, I, I want to just end here on, on three thoughts for us about what God's house should be. And, uh, and, then, um, and then we'll pray and... And I, I pray that God would speak to us today. But the first thing, most importantly, is this. The very first thing is God's house should be. And if you're taking notes, you're writing in the margin of your, your Bible, or if, or if you're on a tithe envelope or something like that, the first one is this. He should be a house of prayer. God should, God's house should be a house of prayer. I, I, I was looking in, in the Greek about what that, what that word prayer uh, actually meant. And it does mean a, it, it's a place that you go to pray. It's a place that, that like, a, like a destination that you go to. But it, but it also defines prayer as, 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 as part of our worship to the Lord. But you know what the interesting thing about prayer really is? is prayer prayer is, is communication with who? It's with who? God, right? And, and I, listen, guys, if you're married in here, um, just to be honest with you, okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is like the most important thing that you can you can know here. Um, but I, I took a communications class um, in, uh, actually 
communications degree from LSU, uh, so I took more than just one class, all right? But, um, you know, <coughs> one of the, 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 the most important things that I learned in, in, in four or five or six years of college, uh, communication is the relationship. That's it. I mean, there are not relation. There is not any relationship that exists or thrives outside of communication. If you don't communicate, here, 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 here here's, a, here's a big one. You don't have a relationship. All right. And sometimes women communicate one way, and sometimes men communicate another way, and and we we get into all those discussions. All right. But the bottom line is that communication is the relationship. Prayer. It's communication. It's hard for, for me to stand in front of you and say, man, I had a great relationship with God. We talked about three weeks ago, and it was really one of those, can you bless the meal? Because um, other than that, I forgot about it. How much of a relationship would I have with God if, if that's how, how it went? If I just, and, and, then, and then here's the other thing. And then, uh, have you ever been around a person that um, it's it, it, every time they're around, they just need something from you. Need, 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 need. Well, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need. That. And all of a sudden, that relationship right becomes like um, we're we have this person, and I will not say any names. All right, that we know that occasionally, from time to time, will stop by our house, and um, this this person can take anything that is it, it, whatever situation it is. It could be like these Baton Rouge police officers. They gave their life in the line of duty. And somehow they'll turn it into a conversation about them. I don't know how. It's like, well, my sister's cousin's third uncle knew that guy, and we're really sad, you know. I'm like, this is about them, all right? So, so sometimes when they come, I, like, go and hide. I literally hide in my house, okay? Because that, that relationship is one, it's one-sided. Kayla's like, why are you hiding in the closet? I'm like... That's just reorganizing stuff, all right? That's what I was doing. But communication is important with God. Now, we can do all types of things in the church. We can reach out to people. We can be the hands. Hey, Jesus said, let your light shine before men. They would see your good deeds and give glory to you. We got to reach out. But you know what the most important thing we got to do? We got to be in fellowship with God. Uh, uh, I saw pastor has his pics of his books out there. Uh, and uh, if I had to give you a pick of a book, it, it's, it's, it's a book by Jim Cimbala at the, at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. It's called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and it's about all these things he tried to do to make his church great. And then one day God said, you're not praying. Your church doesn't pray. You, you don't. And so he, he, he set up this, you know, this one night where it's just about prayer. And now, and now I think, in, I think in, on Tuesdays they have, they have several prayer services that last several hours upwards to about 5,000 people that just show up just to pray. You can log on on your phone right now to, to, their, to their website, and you can, you can type in, I need this prayer request, and it tells you we are going to get this in the hands of somebody that can pray. But God's house is a, is, is, a, is a place that first and foremost should be about what? It's about prayer, communication with the Lord. And so for, for us, even in our individual lives, May we be people of prayer. See, there's two things that I see that happen in this scripture right at the end, and and I'm just going to roll through these really quick. But when Jesus says that this house should be a house of prayer, 
There are two things that happened, verse 14 and verse 15. The first one is this. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and, and he healed them. The, the, this, when we're in fellowship with God, when, when, we, when we have communication with God, and we're, and we're walking with him daily, uh, God's house, these places can become a place of healing for people. They can become a place of, of healing for people. They're... they're you know, <clears throat> there's all these things you can read about, you know, uh, people that are sick in the hospital that don't know the Lord, but they ask for prayer at those points, right? People that are in the military that, you know, they, they don't believe in God, and the next thing you know, bombs are going off and bullets are flying over their head, and they, and, and they, ask, they, they ask for prayer. Yeah, prayer is something that can lead us to healing. It can lead you uh, to a relationship with God, where you can get healing for maybe a past hurt in a relationship, you can get healing for um, maybe something in your life that's that's uh, that's caused you to be separated from Him. But what we see here is the very next thing that Jesus does is he is he goes and he begins to heal those people. Isn't that isn't that just really when you think about it? There was all these religious people and they were just exchanging money and they were making profits. And right in the midst of those people were the lame. And those that needed healing, and they were, now, this is not as important. It's not as important as, as what we're doing here. May we never, ever get to a place in our life uh, where our religious duties become so much more important than reaching out to those that are hurting and need healing. And then the second thing is this, and I, and I love this because we just love working with kids, but the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise? The third thing is this, is that the house of God becomes a place of praise. It becomes a, a, a place where God is exalted. That's what praise is. It's, it's, about, it's about putting God exactly where he belongs. Okay, and 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 not us. Um, and so, and and what's interesting too, I think about it is this: is it says this, Hosanna to the, the in in verse fifteen, Hosanna to the Son of David. Right? Where did those kids those kids get that from? Where did they get that from? Uh, they got it from if you just look up in verse nine. It says the multitudes went before him, and those who followed him cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. They got it from the they got it from the parents. They the the they they heard their uh, family members, the adults, saying this to Jesus as he rode in, and they were just repeating the praise. But God's house can become a place of praise. I lo- I love that the children and the lame and the hurting were really considered the weak, and that's who Jesus wanted in His house. Jesus wanted the weak in his house and not the powerful. You know, uh, I'm going to ask everybody in here to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, Joel, he can come back up as we close. In 1 Corinthians uh, 6, verse 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. Verse 20. 
You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, I know we're talking about a, 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 a temple of God this morning. And we come to church and we, we call this church building often the house of God. We, we're gathering in the sanctuary and in the house of God. In the scriptures, it's, it is really clear. Paul says that as a believer that our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies become the, the temple of God. That we were not our own, that we were bought with a price. See, here's what Jesus did for us individually when he died on the cross. Just, just in a, a few chapters from now, we'll be into the, to the story of, of, of Jesus' trial and, and his, uh, his execution and his resurrection. But here's what Jesus did. He came into the t- our temples to clear out the abuse, the consumption that we had in our life, which was called sin. And, and he did that to replace that with his righteousness. To replace that with uh, his goodness. See, uh, we can never be good enough on our own to earn or deserve God. Or earn or deserve a relationship with him. So it's, it says here that you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Jesus purged the temple of our lives so that we could have that communion, that fellowship, those intimate things with Him, whether it be connection through prayer, healing, or us exalting Him. It was really all, it's really always Him. Uh, even in, in, in the moment where we, maybe you first gave your life to Christ, it was really God bringing you into that relationship. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and we're just going to do two simple things, and we'll, we'll pray and, and dismiss. But the first one is this. Is if you're coming here this morning and you, you don't have a relationship with God, the best news is, is that you can leave today. Uh, you can leave today knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven, you have a relationship with God, and you have a destiny of heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here this morning, you say, Pastor, would you, would you, uh, would you pray for me this morning? I, I just want to have a relationship with God. I've never invited Christ into my life. I want to have a relationship with God this morning. I'm just going to give about 10 seconds for that. And then the second thing this morning is this morning is that as a believer, have you made the house of God more about you and more about consumption than you have about bringing a contribution to God, bringing praise to Him, bringing prayer to Him, bringing relationship with Him? If you're in here this morning and, and, and you say, Pastor, would you just, would you pray for me? I just, I, I've, we've all had those thoughts before. We've all, I, I've said those things. Would you, say, would you just pray for me this morning? 
that, 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 I, that my heart would go to a place where I'm, I'm bringing a contribution to God's house, that I'm not just consuming things. Every head bowed, every head closed, just slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you. do this we're going to spend about two minutes and three minutes and just going to open up these altars and we'll be down here pastor Preston will be here if you want to pray with him but if you have a decision that you want to make for the lord today or you just want to come down front and spend a moment in prayer we're just going to give that opportunity here for for us before we leave before we go out our our busy world to to just give whatever we need to give to god this morning i'm going to pray and then joel will sing and give a few minutes here father we we love you. We just pray today that, God, your house, God, Lord, that, God, it would be a house of prayer. We pray today, God, that your house, God, would be a place that you're exalted. God, we pray specifically for this church, God. God, that as we commune with you, God, as our prayers go to you, as we seek first. God, in the name of Jesus, God, your light would draw men. God, we would be able to reach those that are lost. So be with us during these next few moments, God, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name. You can go ahead and stand to your feet.